welcome to my podcast, World Through a Poem's Eye, affiliated with my blog site, Marilyn on a Roll. I'm thinking today about a poem by Neil Carpathios called Workers for the Lord. Cocked for sudden release, the spirit into the body is fed, is implanted, is rigged, the workers Factor in desire, loneliness, longing, the need for symmetry, for beauty, for meaning. They bury deep the as yet undiscovered lesson that we must lose to have. They sketch the intricate street map of the heart, purposely draw it with dead ends, blurred lines, no key. They insert at the center a tiny, complete self that exists only in theory. They cover it with layers of false selves, with bones, organs, muscle, blood. Sometimes, at the end of a shift, tired and ready to quit just before the skin, they add too much of one thing, not enough of another. They go home to husbands, wives, complain about their day on the line. They drink and sit staring out at the moon, something even they love. Feeling guilty, having to booby-trap each package with sickness, death, the submission to time, with how the body thinks and the soul can be touched, confusing us, with how roses by the wall of battered bricks have something to say, but not for human ears with how we can get close to naming a thing, but not close enough, as when wind shakes rainwater from leaves, making a sound like hands clapping, but not exactly. It is a mistake, but I do it anyway. Start the day by reading the news, seeing the photographs of the recent disasters, generally human-caused in one way or another. The sight of twisted rebar, how we unmake the things we made violently, shakes me. And yet, on Halloween we had a few trick-or-treaters and one little gaggle of them gaggled up onto our porch. I noticed one little boy in the center shouldering the others a bit roughly. He reached a hand into the bowl I held out and pulled out a handful of candies, which alarmed me as we didn't have very much in store, and you never know from one Halloween to the next how many kids will come. Oh, I said, you don't want all those. With one handful, he'd put us in the danger zone. Then he reached in and took another handful. Uh, no, I said, you can't take all that. Then a dad started forward from the dark with a stricken look on his face, and I realized, oh crap, this little guy is neurodivergent, and doesn't know the deal. It's okay, it's okay, I said, don't worry about it. I figured we'd just turn off the light and be done with the event, and I felt for the dad, and for the kid, for the long years ahead of confusions and misunderstandings, for the flaws in all of us that make life, well, what it is. But a little girl, probably the boy's sister, said, here, I'll give you one back. And she dug into her own stash and returned her candy bar. Even as I tell you this, I am still moved to tears by this, by all it says about the girl, 
about the dynamic, about all of us, each of us. And I thought of this poem I encountered over 20 years ago that I still hold dear. Workers for the Lord by Neil Carpathios was first published in Georgia Review in 2000. And then in his book, God's Experiment by The Ledge in 2021. Cocked for sudden release, the spirit into the body. And indeed, do we not seem to have something of the bullet inside us? The tension of the revolver introduced in the first act. The powder awaiting ignition. Is fed, is implanted, is rigged, the workers. And here meets the organic and inorganic nourishment seeding, and rigged as a sail or as a trap. Factor in desire, loneliness, longing, the need, and here I cannot help but see myself, the body of me, on the table, receiving all the human experience. For symmetry, for beauty, for meaning, they bury deep. Yes, that line break allows for those needs for beauty and meaning to indeed be buried deep. But what else what else must come with it? The line break teeters us over the edge. The as yet undiscovered lesson that we must lose to have. Oh, that. The mortality of everything. The losses that mount with the gains. They sketch the intricate street map of the heart purposely drawn with dead ends, blurred lines, and here I see those workers of said Lord bent over their task as women to the intricate painting of roses on fine ceramic ware. But two, the flaws in some cultures deliberate so as not to make God think we humans are trying to be goddishly flawless. Some of the workers take pleasure in the small cruelties of this map, perhaps, If angels mirror in their way the intransigence of humans, or they do their task a bit weary with the weight of their knowledge, of their ability to see how we humans will stumble, will fall. No key. They insert at the center a tiny, complete self that exists only in theory. How small of a gauge is required of the tweezer that inserts a thing that does not exist but in the mind, and how large it exists in the mind, the elephant in the room that we eye uneasily, the furniture we inch around in the dark. They cover it with layers of false selves, with bones, organs, muscle, blood, and there we are, set up at the end of the assembly line, the awkward architecture of us, heads skyward, teetering on our little feet, Sometimes at the end of a shift, tired and ready to quit, just before the skin, they add too much of one thing, not enough of another. Angels, too, are flawed, apparently. Sigh, shift on their feet, restlessly spread their wings and resettle, long for a cigarette, though they quit smoking a lifetime ago. They go home to husbands, wives, complain about their day on the line. They drink and sit staring. Alarming that the making of us human beings is in the hands of such 
human-seeming workers, not even heaven, is spared the merciless influence of Frederick Taylor. Out at the moon, something even they love, feeling guilty having to booby-trap each package with sickness, death, the submission to time, with how the body thinks. This is comforting, this moment in the life of a weary angel. They feel the weight of the responsibility in this making. They feel a connection to us, the made thing, all looking to the moon and the stars. And the soul can be touched, confusing us, with how roses by the wall of battered bricks have something to say, but not for human ears, with how we can get close to naming a thing, but not close enough. And here is revealed the ineffable of the human experience, built right into our form, that reaching for understanding that we do incessantly, that naming, as when wind shakes rainwater from leaves, making a sound like hands clapping, but not exactly. Exactly. 